0: To hear the full episode, become a patron at patreon.com
1: deathpanelpod. Welcome to the Death Panel. Patrons, thank you so much for supporting the show. We couldn't do any of this without you. If you'd like to help us out a little bit more, share the show with your friends, post about your favorite episodes, pick up a copy of Health Communism, or request it at your local library, or follow us at deathpanel underscore. So today I'm here with my co-hosts, Phil Rocco. Hey. And Abby Cardis. Hello. And the three of us are joined by returning guest and friend of the panel, Gabe Winant. Gabe is a historian of the social structures of inequality in modern American capitalism, an assistant professor of history at the University of Chicago, and the author of the fantastic book, The Next Shift, The Fall of Industry and the Rise of Healthcare in Rust Belt America. And we've asked Gabe back on the show today to talk about a recent piece that he wrote for N Plus One called... J.D. Vance Changes the Subject. Gabe, welcome back to the show. It's so nice to have you on to talk about your work again.
0: Thanks for having me. Great to be back.
1: So this piece that we're talking about today that you wrote for N Plus One, it's obviously about J.D. Vance. And for listeners who don't know who J.D. Vance is, he is a conservative American superstar, a first-term Republican senator for the state of Ohio. And he's a wealthy, Yale-educated, New York Times bestselling author who plays like he's kind of the end-all be-all guy who speaks for all of Appalachia and who became famous because of this bestselling book he wrote called Hillbilly Elegy, which is sort of based on his own life story, which was also then made into a movie. And Vance's brand is kind of like dipshit, astroturf, fake folksy white supremacist populism. I Me, mean, it's like entitled Ivy League educated, arrogant guy. You know, he's a big fan of Eugenesis Popsi IQ loser Charles Murray. And Vance also heavily credits Murray's work for teaching him how to see the world and other people. So Vance has leaned in hard on things like the Great Replacement Theory, which is a white nationalist far-right conspiracy theory about elites sort of intentionally trying to, quote unquote, destabilize a white majority population. You know, you can usually identify things like this by rhetoric like, you know, declining white birth rates. Um, But Vance has argued that, you know, things like Democrats are trying to kill off Republican voters with fentanyl trafficking and and leaving the borders open, or that people in Appalachia are just predisposed to despair and antisocial behavior that is going to hold them back economically. It's a bunch of made up actual bullshit. And Vance is one of the first people to also come out with a very early endorsement of Trump's 2024 presidential candidacy via a January 31st Wall Street Journal op-ed. So it's kind of... (laughs) virtually impossible to actually overstate how much Vance sucks. And the bottom line here is that part of why we want to talk about this today is because Vance's rhetoric and his sort of particular brand of conservatism, which Gabe does a really good job of disarticulating and breaking down in this piece, is to put it lightly, um, fucking vile. (laughs) And in um, many ways today, you know, we're taking a first look at what to expect from the 2024 Republican presidential slate. I think In terms of... (sighs) of the kind of white supremacist rhetoric that he champions and promotes, this is going to be a major part of the landscape of discourse, and it gives us a chance to really take stock of some of the racist, anti-poor, and rabidly anti-trans conservative rights rhetoric right now, and also to just think through how to resist and counter things that they might plan to leverage, like, for example, Vance's sort of false framework of zero-sum white supremacist pseudo class politics that, Gabe, you point out so well. But, you know, the problem with Vance is that he's just so fucking awful that I really struggle to even adequately describe him like everything I wrote out this morning felt insufficient. So I wonder, you know, just to start us, maybe Gabe, could you start us off by explaining your take on Vance's whole deal and what is actually kind of at the heart of Vance's claim that he really knows and represents a true reflection of how people deal when, as Vance put it, the industrial economy goes south?
0: Yeah, that's a great introduction. I mean, it's true. He's a totally repellent, disgusting figure. Um, And I say this, and I talk about this a bit in the piece, as someone who has met him a couple of times, uh, you know, I was sort of friendly. I feel like I just need to say this up front. Uh, (laughs) I was sort of friendly with the woman who's now his wife before they got together. And so when they started dating, you know, I I had a coffee or a meal or something with them, you know, once or twice. I never got to know him well. And you know, this was I did my PhD at Yale. Well, you know, while he was doing his JD there, and so that's that's how we cross paths. Uh, and he seemed very obviously to me, like no, I didn't, I couldn't read him as like the monstrous kind of like you know canker that he is. But, um, <laughs> who, but he could seemed, know? who could have predicted? But, he, but it seemed obvi- He seemed obviously to me um, like actually quite familiar type around fancy colleges and universities, yeah. which are like mm. kind of conservative white boys, often who are upwardly mobile, as he, in mm-hmm. fact, was and is um, often, I mean, often military uh, experience, as he has is kind of common in that story, who, you know, that that type, I mean, they're, you know, you see them around these kinds of institutions, which actually, although, you know, he narrates, and I think truly feeling like an outsider in various ways at, you know, in that time of his life, Actually, those institutions love boys like this, right because mm-hmm. um it kind of gives them a sense of their own broad-minded diversity and whatever <laughs> um and you know the his whole his whole personal biography is full of like favors being bestowed on him because he met that you know met that expectation. but anyway, yeah, I mean basically you know, I think I wanted to write the piece for a couple of reasons. one was, and just to kind of try to give a couple ways into this uh one was, that it was pointed out to me by the editor, his great editor at N1, Lisa Borst, that his, his memoir, Hillbilly Elegy, is a kind of upside down version of my book.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, oh my God.
0: Because you know, he's from a deindustrialized steel town, mm-hmm. right, in Ohio. Uh, his father was a steel, or his grandfather, excuse me, was a steel worker, and his mother was a nurse.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and my book is about the uh, labor market transition and deindustrializing steel towns from steel to healthcare. Um, And, you know, the whole narrative of his book, although he doesn't quite put it this way, is about how the kind of compounding pathologies of, you know, what he would call the white working class cause each generation's women to be unable to provide the care to the next generation that it requires. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, you know, (laughs) that then kind of breeds a culture of poverty uh, which he then escaped because of his own grit and because his own, because his grandmother, Mama, kind of was able to break the cycle with him that she had enacted on her own daughter, his mother. Then we can get more into that story if you want.
1: We love but, a Mama um, redemption arc.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I just like, I was kind of amazed by, you know, when this, I had read the book before, because out of morbid curiosity, but I had never made this connection. Uh, I was amazed when Lisa pointed this out to me, uh, right? The, The books are about the same exact thing. And what my book says is like, you know, maybe if we can kind of transcend forms of like the nexus of of kind of racial capitalism and patriarchy and the capitalist labor market and kind of find more egalitarian ways of organizing and distributing care, this process could lead toward forms of human liberation. And Vance's book says, actually, what we need to do is reinstall those hierarchies more powerfully uh, so that... To hear the full episode, become a patron at patreon.com slash deathpanelpod. You'll get access to this and the rest of our catalog of patron-only episodes. And be the first to get a new patron episode every Monday when it drops. With love, the Death Panel.